It's time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. One of my favorite things about being in school was the new semester. I I was always ready to step into that new semester. I don't know if if it was just me, but, uh, you know, I always had these high expectations at the beginning of the semester. I just knew that this was my time, and and rarely was it. It, Usually I was struggling to get through. Part of it might have been uh, my own management skills and study skills. A little bit of it probably was also my dyslexia. But along the way, I always found that at the beginning of the semester, it was all so fresh, so new. By the end of the semester, I was just wanting to close it out and move on (laughs) and leave that behind. And I think that's something that we always have the opportunity of doing. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I do know that all of us seem to have times when it's time for a new start, time for a fresh start. Fresh, meaning that it's untarnished, that everything that's bad is packed behind us. I think this is one of those pieces that has to happen along in our lives where we realize that no matter where we've been and no matter what's happened, we get to start fresh. Now, we don't get to start you know, wherever we want to. We have to start where we are. But we get to start fresh where we are. I've often heard it said that the reason our eyes are in the front of our head is so that we are facing forward. They're not in the back of our head so we can see where we've been. They're not to the sides to, to be confused by all of that, but they're in our heads facing forward. Now, I'm not sure that that's actually the, the physical reason is there, but it kind of gives us that sense that We're facing forward creatures that are nagged by the things in the past. And if we're not careful, those things in the past can hold us from moving forward. Let's be very clear that there are consequences to our behavior. Every day I talk with people who wish they had figured things out earlier. Many times I'm working with couples who are struggling or individuals in a relationship that are struggling to try to keep a marriage from falling apart. And when I give them the information, when I tell them how they might be able to do it, their response is typically, I wish I had known this earlier. So I'm not saying that we get to automatically erase everything in our past. There are certain uh, realities to where we've been. There are consequences to our behavior. And we always get to choose a fresh start. This is a place of new beginnings, so if nobody has said it to you yet, let me be the first to say, Happy New Year and Happy New Beginning. And this is what I mean. We're at the beginning of a a, a fresh year. Nothing's happened into this year yet, or I hope not. You know, sometimes it happens really quick, but I hope for you that you're facing forward into a a new year of new possibility of, of new beginnings, and that facing forward lets you start fresh, not from just anywhere, but fresh from where you're located. Let me also be very clear that I think this is an option that's available to us all the time. Every minute is a new minute. Every second is a new second. Every millisecond. But let's just start with minutes. Every minute is a new minute. Whatever happened that last minute, it's gone. It's packed behind you. It's done. You're living in this present moment. You have that same option every day. You get up every day and say, okay, what happened yesterday? I can change it. I've worked with people on a regular basis to use my my process that I call the Thrive Journal. And the Thrive Journal is designed to help people say, here's my day. 
Now, how do I want it to be? Not what was yesterday like? What did I, where did I screw up yesterday? Where did I mess myself up yesterday? But here's where I am. How do I want to be today? Let's move into this new day in a new way. I suggest that people review it at the end of the evening, partly to say, how did I do? Partly to ask the question, were there things I could have done better? And partly to kind of put an end to that, to wrap up the day so that you start the next day fresh. We can do that every month. It's as I come through each month, I close out my, my books of the last month. And what I try to do is I'm closing out the books of business. I'm also thinking about closing out the books of my life that that month is over. And I'm faced with a new month, but there's nowhere that this looms bigger than in the new year. Now the whole calendar flips over. Everything changes. We have to remember how to write that date down again. Of course, that happens less and less frequently, but we still have to remember how to write that date down differently because the new year has launched. So here we are on the cusp of everything new that's behind you, and it gives you a new opportunity. Maybe you spent some time thinking about your resolutions I'm a little iffy about resolutions. I, I will admit that I think through my resolutions, but in the last few years, in the last decade, a little over a decade now, my family has been in a process of picking one word. Our church actually started that uh, a, a little over a decade ago, where for a year we started thinking about that one word to live into. We're not the only ones doing this. Many people came up with the same idea, but we've continued to do it. And so every year I come up with my word of how I want to live into the new year. It's not my word to remind myself what happened last year. It's my word to live into this new year in a new way. The places I want to grow into, the places I want to lean into, the places I want to expand into, that's encompassed in one single word. I'll tell you, I told my family the word last night. As you're listening to this, this is pre-recorded, but I, I told them last night on New Year's Eve, we all tell each other over dinner what our new word is, and I'm not going to share that with you right now. But that word will encompass my new year of how I move into new things. But it doesn't mean the word has to reference last year. In fact, I choose my word based on where I think I need to move into new places in the new year. Resolutions are often big promises we make for making big changes that end somewhere early in January because they're so big. They're looking for so much and they're almost always reactionary looking back and saying, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be that anymore. And sometimes they're not clear about who we want to be as much as they're clear, clear about who we don't want to be. So today I want you to just kind of think with this a little bit. Not so much. If you made resolu resolutions, I hope you find ways of living into them. If you choose your one word, I hope you live into that one word. I'm more thinking about how do we make it a fresh start? How do we let that stuff go? Because so many times we humans torture ourselves with the things that are in the past over which we cannot control, we cannot change, and that have already had their consequences. So how do we live into that so that we're not just constantly pulled into that? So let me suggest that I think the important part of this new year, whether you live into your resolutions or your word or not, is looking for the fresh start, looking for the new beginning, the new possibilities that are before you, because those new possibilities have way more in store for you than what's already happened and it's back behind you. 
Many times we spend our time thinking about what's happened or what might happen instead of living in what's happening in the moment. So if you think about what's happened behind you, let's talk about how we release that. I think one of the clearest pieces was I watch people struggle with releasing things is that they keep holding on to those painful moments. And, and I do it, you do it, we all do it, where we reflect on some event. We, we think about some circumstance, usually some interaction, and we go, man, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Right? And we keep kicking ourselves for the why did I say and do that? Why didn't I do something different? I told my wife uh, a while back, I did an accident. I accidented myself, and I frequently accident myself. I frequently do something that injures myself. And and I said, you know, I realized that every time I do something, I think, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? I know better, right? And that's almost always the case. We get ourselves into trouble knowing we ought not to. How many times have you found yourself involved in a situation where somewhere along the way, along the way, you probably went, yeah, I probably ought not to be doing that. I probably ought not to be stepping towards this. I probably ought not to be bringing this up or I probably ought not to be doing this. And we do it anyway, usually because something else is more provocative than the I ought not to's. And so we jump into it. So we relive those moments over and over If I'm not careful, I can think of events that happened over a decade ago where I go, why did I say that? Why did I put my foot in my mouth? Why did I do that? Why did I take that action? And the important thing is instead of just asking the why question to answer what's the lesson that I learned from that, what piece can I take from that that makes me a better person? There are lessons to be learned, and if we miss the lessons, we miss the opportunity. We miss the possibility of what can come from that. We miss the options of how we can grow from that. I'm big on growth, if you haven't noticed. And I believe that growth only comes when we're able to look at the lessons and say, how can I do it differently? Where did I fall short? How can I be a better person? Where can I find a deeper meaning? What can I do differently the next time? So my challenge to you first is to look back on those painful events for a moment to learn the lessons and then discard the rest. You let go of the rest. If it's already happened, it serves you in no purpose to keep replaying the tape in your head unless you at least pull out the lessons of that tape. Unless you pull out the pieces of the puzzle and say, okay, now I've learned those pieces. <laughs> now, now I can move forward because once you've learned the lesson, the rest is unhelpful. The rest can only keep you stuck. So the first piece in moving forward with a fresh start is learning the lessons from those painful events. The second one is to then let go. When your mind wanders back there to say, I'm not going back there. I've already learned my lesson. I've already figured out what I need to do differently. I'm letting it go. The more you practice that, the better we get at letting things go. But there are a couple of times when you need to do something further. So the third thing is to learn to forgive. To learn to forgive yourself and to learn to forgive others. Because sometimes we're not just saying, why did I do that? We're also asking, why did they do that? Why did that person do that? And the problem with when we hang on to those pieces, we continue to be held captive by things in the past. 
by things that other people did. We continue to be held captive by things that we can't change, that they can't change, and we continue to be held captive by their actions. Many times we get stuck in this repetition of believing that if we forgive somebody, we'll be letting them off the hook. And in reality, we're just letting ourselves off the hook. We're just releasing ourselves from that hurt and that pain. I've got an upcoming book that it won't come out until next October, but the whole focus of it is teaching a forgive process, the steps you can get to get there. So let's just assume that the big thing is to decide you're going to forgive. You've made a decision to forgive so you're not staked back to that old thing and forgiving yourself too, releasing yourself from the fact that you made a mistake, that maybe you weren't at your best, that now you know differently. I have a core belief. My core belief is that people do the best they can where they are. Not that we are at optimal performance. I don't believe we are ever at optimal performance. That's something we're always moving towards. But we always are doing the best we can given where we are. That's what other people, other people, when they're doing things that are destructive, they're, they're still operating out of doing the best they can. They might be at a stuck, hurt place themselves. Oh, and you need to apply that to yourself. To say, you know what, those times when I didn't, weren't, wasn't at my best, I was doing the best I can. I was doing the best I could at that point. Maybe today, right now, I can do better. But we recognize that we could have done better because we're at a different point. It makes perfect sense when we're acting, but when we get beyond it and get to a different point, we can look back and say, wow, now I see. Which leads us to the fact that after we forgive other people and we even forgive ourselves, we might still need to apologize to really let it go. It's one of the pieces that I really treasure about the addiction recovery movement, which says you make amends. You go make things better where you, are, where you made hurt. The people that you've hurt in your life, you can go back and make some kind of amends, even if it's an apology letter. Years ago, I had somebody who got into recovery that I was uh, a part of their lives when I was a teenager. And I remember getting the letter. I was well into my 20s when that letter came. And the person apologized. Couldn't do anything to change the circumstances around it, but apologized for how that person had been and acted in my life. It was nice to get the, the apology, but I can tell you that that apology was way more important to him than it was to me. I had long let that go. In fact, I wasn't even thinking about that at all when I got the letter. He was kind enough to reach out and find me, because I had moved many times since then, and to say, hey, I just want to apologize for how I was. I was, I was addicted. I, I was using and and you were around that, and I apologize for that. I should have been a different person around you. I appreciated that. But it was more important for him to make the amends. And so I would suggest that this is a great time to ask yourself that question. Are there places I need to apologize? Are there people to whom I need to apologize? Are there places I need to make amends? People to whom I need to make amends? So that's how we make a fresh start. We decide we're going to release the things that have already happened by learning the lessons from those events, by letting go of the pain from those events, by forgiving as a process of that, and apologizing where we need to, which allows us to then step into this new beginning. So happy new year and happy beginnings. This is Lee Balkan wishing you the best.
as you build a thriving life. listening to the Thriveology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thriveology.com or at thriveologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.